Thanks for tuning in for Access Utah Today. I'm Tom Williams. Before we jump into our interesting conversation with the great Rita Moreno, and hear some wonderful music, uh, more another comment on Bears Ears. And uh, the comments have been uh, flowing in. We appreciate that. We really want to know what you think. We had a special two-hour program a week ago, and uh, we are continuing to solicit your comments. Here's a comment from Beth. I am grateful that Bears Ears is now a national monument. Rob Bishop's alternative designation for this land would open this land to oil mining, fracking, and degradation of Native American sacred lands within Bears Ears. Would anyone want fracking in Jerusalem or Bethlehem? Instead of putting money into fighting the federal government for federal land, our state legislators should put their best efforts into developing clean energy options in Utah. Real issues that shape our future should be the focus. Tar sands, fracking, and coal are old school. That comes from Beth. We want to know what you think as well. The easiest way to get to us is our email, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And you can comment ahead of time for tomorrow's interesting program. We're going to be talking about fake news and journalism in the age of Trump. We've already had uh, several uh, commenters and questioners. You can get those comments to us ahead of that program at upraxcess at gmail.com as well. Thanks for listening. The following is an encore presentation of Access Utah. However, you can still participate in this conversation at upraxcess at gmail.com. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Rita Moreno is one of few people to hold the awards Grand Slam, Oscar, Grammy, Emmy, Tony. In her 20s, after her Oscar win for West Side Story, she didn't work again in Hollywood for seven years because she refused stereotyped roles. She's seen as a trailblazer. She's having, at 83, a well-deserved, very good year. Her first Spanish-language album, Udaves Mas, is out. She's the voice of Abuelita on the new children's series, Nina's World. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation uh, today. I reached to Rita Moreno by phone on Friday. Oh, well, I just got back from Puerto Rico. I was oh, promoting my uh, my album for an entire week, and I almost got murdered by my fellow Puerto Ricans with love. <laughs> with love. Well, that's the good kind of murder, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. yeah. Oh, that's, Boy, that's, they can, that's they, wonderful. They are so proud. They're just, it's, it's really quite lovely. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'd like to start there. So how did this how did this album come about, Una Vez Mas? I was at a, um, at a museum event where they were giving out awards for great architecture. And I spotted Emilio Estefan across the room, and I didn't know him. And I wanted to meet him because I've always admired his work, and I admired him. And I, I got up to him, and I extended my hand, and I said, Hello, I've been wanting to meet you for so many years. I'm Rita Moore. And before I got to Moreno, I hear him saying, you got to do an album with me. <laughs> That's great. And I said, excuse <laughs> me, you got to do it. And I said, uh, I, I really was nonplussed. I had actually never been asked to do an album, and certainly not in Spanish. Anyway, we talked a little bit, and then I said to him, but you know, I, I'm flattered to pieces, but at the time I was 82, I'm 83 now. I said, I'm 82. How do you even know I have a voice? And he said, I happened to see Joel 
at the Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Awards. And uh, I ended my acceptance speech with uh, a piece of song a cappella. As I approach the prime of my life, I find I have the time of my life. Learning to enjoy at my leisure all the simple pleasures. And so I happily concede. This is all I ask. This is all I need. And, uh, and finally, to quote my younger self, I leave you with this. Hi, Brad. No, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I leave you with this. So let the music play as long as there's a song to sing. And I will be, I will be younger. And he just loved my voice. He said, you have a wonderful voice. We got to do this. In his wonderful Cuban way. And I went home thinking, well, let's see if he really means it. And within a week, I got the phone call from him. We started to do a deal. And, and uh, within two weeks, I had 24 discs with songs in Spanish from him, uh, from which he said, choose what you like. And if there's some things of your own that you would like to include... Put that on the list. And that's how it happened. And it happened really quickly. It happened within months. Yeah, I think we finished it in March recording because I would fly to his studio in Miami whenever I had the time. And uh, that's how we did it. And it's now out. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that I was just in Puerto Rico promoting the album. And uh, it was at the Walgreens where they sell records. And they expected about 200 people, and they kept running out of um, albums. And about 600 people showed up. Wow. <laughs> Which That's is, wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm impressed. Yeah. If this was uh, Taylor Swift, it would be thousands and thousands, <laughs> but I'm not Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's right. And I was just absolutely polaxed. It was a fabulous experience. Mm. Then what was fun is that the album opens with the... Uh, the first track is a song about Puerto Rico that's very famous in Puerto Rico that sings of its beauty and its glories. So that's how the album begins. Yo sé lo que son los encantos Por eso la quiero yo tanto 
Por siempre la llamaré preciosa Isla del Caribe Borinque Preciosa te llaman las olas One point when people were getting very hot and tired I said, why don't we all sing the song? Because everybody knows the lyric to that. You know, it's like singing the Star Spangled Banner. No, it's better than that, because most people don't know the words to Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> anyway, we put, on, we put on the track, and I sang to my own track, and, uh, and my own voice also. And they sang it, and it was wonderful. God, what a great experience. Wow. This is your first album in Spanish, I believe. Ever, ever. Yeah. And uh, before you ask... Nobody ever asked me before. Okay. There's a question right. everyone asks is, well, why now and not then? Nobody ever asked me. Yeah. You know, people assume that if you want to do something in show business that you can. Well, not always. Mm. And that's something that uh, would have called for somebody to say to me, I would like to make an album with you. And uh, it was Emilio Estevez. And I, at the age of 82, now almost going to be 84, doing an album. I am beside myself with happiness. Rita Moreno on Access Utah. What a pleasure. We have much more to come with Rita Moreno. She'll talk about her uh, lean years after her Oscar win for West Side Story. She didn't work again in Hollywood for seven years after that because she uh, refused stereotyped roles. She's seen as a trailblazer. And she's having, at age 83, a well-deserved, very good year. We're hearing music right now from her uh, first Spanish-language album, Una Vez Mas, produced by Emilio Estefan. And she's the voice of Abuelita on the new children's series, Nina's World. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation here. Much more to come following the break. Welcome to Science by the Slice. USU entomologist Diane Alston says biorational approaches to integrated pest management are viable alternatives to harmful pesticides. Such approaches use a combination of insect growth regulation, conservation of biological agents, and the application of microbial insecticides. These, as well as insect attractants and repellents, affect insects' communication systems. This segment of Science by the Slice is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in mathematics and varied scientific disciplines. Details at usu.edu science.
I'm Robin Young. 55 scientists are on a three-month voyage around Antarctica. We'll check in with one off the coast of one of the desolation islands in the southern Indian Ocean. Just outside the window, I can see three or four wandering albatrosses swooping across the top of the waves. It's a beautiful sight. Next time, here and now. Join us this morning at 11 on Utah Public Radio. The country's opioid crisis is driving up costs for the healthcare system. One reason, a spike in drug-dependent babies. I believe it can be said that we went to the school of life to get trained for this job. I'm Lizzie O'Leary, a startup that sees potential in curbing the cost of caring for those infants. Next time on Marketplace. Join us tonight at 6.30 on Utah Public Radio. The following is an encore presentation of Access Utah. However, you can still participate in this conversation at upraccess at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. I'm very pleased to have as my guest for the hour today, the wonderful Rita Moreno. She's one of few people who uh, hold the awards Grand Slam. That's the Oscar, Grammy, Emmy, and Tony. And her first Spanish-language album, Una Vez Mas, is out. We're hearing music from that uh, album on the program today. She's also the voice of Abuelita on the new children's series, Nina's World. Hope you'll enjoy the conversation uh, here today with Rita Moreno. This is full circle. You mentioned your, your trip to Puerto Rico. You uh, you came to New York as a as a young child. This was before yeah. the Puerto Rican diaspora. It really was, and that's what made it so difficult too. Because uh, when my mother put me into kindergarten, there wasn't one Hispanic child in that class, and of course I didn't speak a word of English. So it was a very difficult couple of years, but particularly the first six months was just murder. Not one child spoke Spanish. It was really tough, and it was freezing, and I couldn't understand why. What possessed my mother to come to this country where you freeze to death? I couldn't understand why the trees didn't have leaves. I, I said to her, what happened? <laughs> and she said, well, there's a thing called winter here. Yeah, that's your first experience of winter. Oh, my God, it was so cold, so cold, and it still is in February. I was listening to a, a, another interview you gave. You you said um, growing up, certain point, you you didn't want to be Latina. You you wanted to be Elizabeth Taylor. I sure didn't. Listen, children are very tender creatures. It's part of what makes them so glorious and pure. Uh, but when a child is told repeatedly that they have no worth by being called a spick or a wop or a garlic mouth. Uh, gold tooth. I got called those names at a very, very early age. I didn't even know what they meant, but I could see by the expression on those children's faces, mostly boys, of course, uh, that there was something about me that was wrong and that they didn't like. Well, you, because you're such a tender creature and you're like a blotter, you believe them. So I really, I never told my mom about those events. Ever. 
Hmm. No, never told because her. I intu- wow. No, because I intuitively understood that there was nothing she could do about that, and that it would only make her suffer terribly. Never told her. I told her way, 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 years and years later when I was a full-grown woman. But uh, And she was shocked, and she cried. And it was a very sad time for her when I talked about that. Hmm. So I grew up thinking, really, that I had very little value. And I played the part that seemed the most appealing to people, you know, mm-hmm. a little sexy spitfire. I thought that's what I had to do in order to be accepted. Yeah. And that's what I did for a bunch of years in mm-hmm. movies, playing what I call the dusky maiden roles. That's dusky with a K, not with a T. Right, right. I mean, I just don't remember doing movies without having to use some kind of accent. Mm-hmm. Because all these young women that I was playing in all of these movies were always, always uneducated, illiterate, uh, loose morals. Just, you know, everything that you could possibly bestow a person who is an outlier was bestowed on me. And, you know, I'm not, I wasn't alone in that. God knows. Heaven knows that black people had a really tough time in, in, in movies as well. But in, in uh, American movies, there are almost, almost no Latinos at all. Once in a while, you'd see somebody Mexican who talk like these, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But... Uh, that I was even in films at the time is kind of surprising when you think about it. Yeah. In that era, in that time. I played every nationality. Anytime someone was dark skinned, had to be depicted in some movie, there was I. I was Hawaiian, I was Arabian, I was uh, anything that was dark. Now, after, um, after West Side Story, you, you won the Oscar, Golden Globe, mm-hmm. and then you. Then you walked away for seven years, or you uh, you didn't want... You know, well, I didn't want to do any roles. more of that. You yeah. know, I put my little golden man under my arm, and I said, that's it, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. Uh, it took me a very long time, and I didn't do a movie for seven years. I guess I showed them, huh? Yeah. It was terrible. Ter- I was. Let me say that I was just heartbroken. I thought, so unrealistically that once I got those amazing awards, because it wasn't just the Oscar, it was also the Golden Globe, and uh, I thought that I would be working all the time. It didn't occur to me, naive girl that I was, that I had played the definitive Hispanic part. In this case, of course, this is the one time where I actually played someone who had a sense of self, a sense of dignity, who was respected and who was strong. Anita became, at my very late age, what was I, like 27, 26, 27, became my role model, because I had none Hmm. when I was younger. There were none. It was so Mm bass-ackwards. Anita, interesting character. You you, you listen to this song, you know, America, Coming to America. Yeah. It's it's not Anita that sings this line, I don't think, but one of the the people says, better get rid of your accent. Yeah, it was George Shakira's Arnardo who says that to me. Because I say I like to be in America. I make the case for living in America. And the boys, which was different in the play, and the play was just the girls against the girls, but Jerome Robbins and his absolute genius wisdom put the boys in, and that made it a whole different number. Um, They're the ones who are saying, what's so good about this place? 
you know, you live 12 in a room in America? That's what you're talking about? That's what's so great? And she's saying, no, I get a terrace apartment. And that's when he says, better get rid of your accent. Right. It's, it's very witty. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, no, I play the one who is happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's interesting because <clears throat> as a reaction to uh, Donald Trump's uh, words about uh, Hispanics, uh, Emilio wrote a song called I Am Mexican. And uh, he put it out on, I think it's in, in blogs and stuff like that, YouTube, everywhere. And he asked me to do a little piece, and I said, absolutely. And the line he gave to me was, I love to live in America. <laughs> <laughs> so you, have uh, as you said, I wonder if you could connect this up with, you go back to Puerto Rico, and, you, you know, you get a heroine's welcome there. Uh, oh, the- my God, I'm telling you, I can do no wrong. It's... <laughs> It's the most astonishing feeling in the world. And it's not just that. There is such love. There is such sincerity and and admiration. And you have put our little country on high, and and, uh, you've never, ever been ashamed to be, uh, you know, who you are and where you come from and all that. And uh, they just haven't read the book, I guess, because for a long time I didn't want to be. But the point is, what they're really getting at is that uh, I have always, always uh, espoused the wonder of what we bring to this country and we bring to the table. We have a very rich culture, like many others. Yeah. And uh, they are so appreciative of that. They are so grateful. I mean, Raul Julia was also beloved like that. And, uh, well, God, has he missed. What a wonderful actor he was. And But there aren't many of us, you know, who really, of course, there's Jennifer Lopez. But I'm of a different time. And uh, they just carry on. Every time someone came over to have me sign the album, uh, they gave me bendición, which is a very Puerto Rican thing, a blessing. They would put a blessing on my head. It was so touching, really. What what do you think about uh, you know I, people have pointed out and I expect that you embrace this that you you helped blaze a trail I don't know if you caught uh, Viola Davis's speech when she won the Emmy and the Emmy goes to Viola Davis How to Get Away with Murder. In my mind, I see a line. And over that line, I see green fields and lovely flowers and beautiful white women with their arms stretched out to me over that line. But I can't seem to get there, no how. I can't seem to get over that line. That was Harriet Tubman in the 1800s. And let me tell you something. The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You cannot win an Emmy for roles that are simply not there. So here's to all the writers, the awesome 
people that are Ben Sherwood, Paul Lee, Peter Nowak, Shonda Rhimes, people who have redefined what it means to be beautiful, to be sexy, to be a leading woman, to be black. And to the Taraji P. Hensons, the Kerry Washingtons, the Halle Berrys, the Nicole Baharis, the Megan Goods, to Gabrielle Union, thank you for taking us over that line. Thank you for the Television Academy. Thank you. Oh my God, I was in tears. I was in tears. What a gorgeous, gorgeous speech. But hers just put me away. What enormous dignity and elegance this woman has. But I knew that a long time ago. I saw her on Broadway in a play, and I thought, what an actress this lady is. I was so happy, truly, truly happy. And this is a, this is a, a choice you made, right, to, to essentially walk away after you won the Oscar for West Side Story? It was a choice you, I made, and you're, you're like not I say, take ha, ha, I showed yeah. them. Yeah. I didn't do anything for seven years. It was just awful. I kept getting offered uh, minor gang shows, and then as I got older, I kept getting, because uh, uh, they were, you know, up until about 10 years ago, there was still a lot of very stereotypical parts in television and some films. So uh, I really had to just, I made a decision. I am not going to do that anymore. I don't have to do that. I didn't have to do it before, but I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I just had a, I had a heartbreaking time because I, couldn't believe that I could not get a job in films or television. It was just astonishing, hmm. absolutely astonishing to me. Then what, uh, what, what, what changed, do you think? Let me tell you an anecdote that is just really heartbreaking about into my, I guess, my sixth year of not doing films. I did a lot of uh, summer theater, stuff like that, and an occasional television show. Uh, in about my sixth year of non-employment, I was asked to audition for a, a film with a very famous director whom I still don't want to name because what's the point? Uh, and it was a really kind of nice part. It was a featured role, and she, uh, the character had about five or six scenes, and it was very meaty, and I was so excited. And uh, I worked on that script like a slave. I just every nuance, every word. I was ultra, ultra prepared for the audition. And I went to the audition, and there was the uh, Mr. Major Director surrounded by his minions. And uh, I said to him, I can't wait to do this scene for you because I, I really think I got it. I get it. And I had the script open to the scene, and he looked at it, and there was this <laughs> long, awkward pause. And he said, um, oh, use English. Oh, no, no, my dear, no. <laughs> I'm afraid you've got the wrong part. We want you to try out for the Mexican whorehouse, madam, which had one scene and three lines in Spanish. I cannot begin to tell you what I... I went through a lifetime of humiliations in that moment. It's as though the blood literally left 
my body and just pooled up in my ankles. I was so hurt and shocked, absolutely shocked and embarrassed and humiliated. It's, it's, my face was on fire with humiliation. Here I was in my 60s. I'd won all of, you know, and I, I thought to myself, hang on here a second. Oscar, Tony, Grammy, Emmys, plural. What, how, how does this happen? And I just put the script down very slowly. And there was, you know, the air was just dense with tension. And I said to him, uh, I'm so sorry. And I was just trembling inside, but trying to contain myself, trying to maintain my dignity. And I said, I'm so sorry, but I, I don't do Mexican whorehouse madams. And he said, uh, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. And I said, no, you don't understand. And I very deliberately and very slowly picked up my things. It was hard to do that, to do it slowly, because you, know, you just want to rush out and scream and tear your hair out. And I put my coat on, and I put my shoulder bag over my shoulder, put the script down, turned around and walked very slowly to the door, opened it, and then closed it. And when I got to my car, I just got hysterical. It was such a blow. You can imagine it was yeah. such a horrible, horrible moment in my life. You know, even now as I'm speaking, I get teary. It still hurts. Yeah. You'd think I know better by now, this being the greatest year of my life, mm. but it still smarts. It stings. How, how did you recover from an uh, instance like that? How did it you... took a while. Uh, what happened was I went home, and my husband said, how did it go? And I lied to him. I said, oh, okay. I said, I, I don't think I'm going to get it, but uh, it's okay. And I hung on for two days. And finally, my husband said, something is wrong. What's wrong? And I burst into tears, and he, he took me in his arms and stroked my head and uh, just held me and uh, held me up, held me and held me up, and just reminded me that there were people who thought I had value. Because that opened such an old wound, that experience. It just opened a scab, and it was only a scab. It had never become uh, a scar, hmm. if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, definitely. To be 66 or 7, was something, I was around that age at that point. It was just so hurtful, so painful. What reaction do you do you get uh, when you talk to young aspiring actors, actresses? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I have such, I have such groupies. It's interesting among Latinos and black women. I think the black uh, part of it came from Oz doing Oz and playing another outsider in a way. You know, the Nun, the HBO show. Yeah, and. Uh, Oh, they carry on. It's a, I mean, I ran into Carrie Washington at an event once, and she just grabbed me and hugged me, and she said, you were my inspiration. And I'm saying, I was your inspiration? Huh? And this happens all the time now with the most surprising, famous people. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Just astonishing. 
And Jennifer Lopez was certainly one of them. Yeah. And I yeah. think what happened when I got the Oscar is that a lot of Hispanic actors, and I guess black actors and actresses, thought, well, damn, if she can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, that, that must be gratifying. Oh, very, very. I'm, I'm always astonished at uh, how much respect I get. I'm always astonished with that. Mm-hmm. The other one, another one at that same event was, uh, oh, yeah, Jennifer Holliday grabbed me and hugged me said oh my god you know you mean so much to me because blah blah and i'm just sitting there getting hugged with my eyeballs wide open astonished <laughs> what what do you think you mean to them is it overcoming obstacles with it can i think be overcoming done? obstacles mm-hmm. yeah and you know not only overcoming obstacles but still being there yeah and still actually working mm-hmm. in my my chosen profession we just have a few minutes left here. I want to talk a bit about uh, some songs on the album. It's, it's uh-huh. a wonderful album. and uh, Oh, you heard it. I, I've, yeah, I've been hearing some songs. Uh, there's a, wow. There's a, there's a different range of styles, everything from salsa to danzón, ballads, flamenco, jazz. You do um, you do Aranjuez. You take the, the, the tune from uh, Joaquin Rodriguez. Oh, you know that one. Yes, it was a It was supposed to be a guitar concerto. It's a concerto for guitar. Mm -hmm. And I heard it many years ago when um, uh, Miles Davis did Sketches of Spain. Did you ever hear that? I didn't hear that one. No. Oh, you've got to Netflix it or whatever it's called. You've got to hear it with that melancholy sound of his. You can imagine what it sounds like. That's when I first heard it, and I flipped. I went crazy, and I thought, oh, my God, if only that song had words. If only that song had words. A bunch of years later, I heard, surprise, I heard Jose Feliciano singing it with words. And I went crazy happy, and I I looked up the words, and I found them, and I had an arrangement made. And I've been singing it in my act now for, oh, my goodness, about 15 years. Esas hojas secas sin color que barre el viento son recuerdos de romances de nadie, huellas de promesas hechas con amor. En aranjuez, entre un hombre y Siempre se recuerda. brought that to the album. I brought two other songs to the album from my show. I brought Brazil. Did you hear that one yet? Yes, it's, it's lovely. Tell us about Brazil. Oh, I love Brazil. That's an arrangement that was done by my uh, my drummer, Ted Summer, with an O. Um, I told him, because I only we were doing trio stuff, and I said, I would kill to be able to do Brazil. I have you know, a notion of how to do it. 
You know, not, not, dum, 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 ba-dum, ba-dum, dum, 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 that's not what I wanted. I wanted what you now hear. And I said, but I don't think we can do that with just a trio. And before I could say one other word, he said, why don't we start it with just you and a triangle? And I looked at him and I said, oh, my goodness. There's something to be said for scarcity. And then we put in the, the bass. And I've been doing that for ages and ages. And people love it. Because when I get to the, um, the improvised stuff, what people are calling beatbox or whatever that's called. Right. Vocal percussion uh, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I call it, vocal percussion. I just do whatever I want. And, you know, uh, so it's different every time. And uh, I even do, now I put in some rap. It's not in the record, and I'm so sorry about it, but in Spanish. <laughs> and the audience just loves it, because it's witty, it's fun. <laughs> and uh, then the last one that I brought with me was something I heard uh, Julio Iglesias sing in an album of his a long, long time ago, which is, El mar que llevo dentro. I think it's the one just before the end with uh, somewhere, the Spanish version of somewhere. And that's the one that's just with piano and, uh, and cello and strings. Da -da. Have you heard that one? Yes. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's very beautiful. And what's special about that song is that it's really about the longing for home, for your original home, mi tierra. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I sing that, anybody who's away from home gets very, very moved by that song. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Mm -hmm. And the, that accompaniment is so special. It's just a very different kind of arrangement. So, uh, and the rest are uh, when I, when, when uh, Emilio sent me some, a bunch of like 24 discs with... Uh, people singing various songs, and he said, take your pick. What would you like from this group? And I picked the stuff that's in the album, and uh, plus the things that uh, uh, I sing from my own act. I have to say that I absolutely love what he did with it. What he did with Brazil knocks me out. It's still the same arrangement I've used for years, but what he did was he said, I have this friend in Brazil, who does percussion, and it's marvelous percussion. He said, I'm going to have him do a whole bunch of things, make sounds, and then we can insert them into, into this track. And that's what he did. The cuico is the one with the high, you know, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and he, he inserted some of the things that this man had sent him on tracks into the song, into Brazil, which is just delicious. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. I'm very pleased to have with me today on Access Utah, Rita Moreno. And uh, she, at age 83, is having a well-deserved, very good year. Her first Spanish-language album, Una Vez Mas, is out. We're hearing music right here from, from that album, uh, produced by Emilio Estefan. And uh, she is the voice of Abuelita on the new children's series, Nina's World. 
hope you're enjoying the conversation uh, here uh, today. Coming up uh, in the last segment, we'll talk about uh, her uh, fun character, uh, Googie Gomez. We'll also hear a bit from that children's series, Nina's World. The program continues following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Humanities, empowering Utahns to improve their communities through active engagement, online at utahhumanities.org. Imagine a few eggs on a bed of straw. Suddenly, little legs poke through the shells, and the eggs stand up and start dancing around. It's the ballet of the unhatched chicks from pictures at an exhibition by Mussorgsky on the way from a concert by the Houston Symphony on the next Performance Today from APM. Join us tonight at 9 on Utah Public Radio. On the next Radio Lab. Blood. 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 We'll have blood. blood. I am in blood. Blood. Slipping in this blood. Blood as an art form. Baby pacifiers with blood. blood. Nursing bottles with blood. Blood as a market force. Almost $300 a pint is what they sell it for. It's not a commodity. It's a holy substance. And blood as... That soulful essence that marks you as you and me as me. It's going to get bloody on the next Radio Lab. Join us Tuesday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. The following is an encore presentation of Access Utah. However, you can still participate in this conversation at upraccess at gmail.com. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. You're hearing Rita Moreno from her first Spanish-language album. That's her latest album. It's out. It's called Una Vez Mas. She's also Abuelita on the children's series Nina's World. I hope you're enjoying this conversation uh, right here. Rita Moreno on Axis Utah. By the way, you you do wonderful accents. You're you're purposefully doing accents. Heard this on an interview at one time. This can't be true, uh, but but I guess it's got to be. You say that at West Side Story, a coach told you you weren't using the proper Puerto Rican accent. Nobody said that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad, but can you imagine that? Yes. Yeah, so that's not true. Okay. (laughs) Where that came up. Yeah, yeah, it was was in an interview. Well, I'm glad it it wasn't true, because that would be be breathtaking if it were. Um, (laughs) It sure would. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I did a character called Googie Gomez in a Terrence McNally play and movie called The Ritz, and that accent was based on my mama. Oh, was it really? announced everything. You know, Google Gomez had a drink, a yeah. drink about you, baby. <laughs> it's going to come through, baby. They sin that we're through, but, baby. Hey, Chico, I was just going to talk to Joe. Hello, boys. Is he here, Jet? Oh. What did you mean, who? There is only one who I'm interested in you telling me about. Listen, Tiger, you told me there was going to be a big producer here tonight. I dress special. I do the hairs special. That was uh, my invention, that character, and Terrence McNally saw me do her at a party. It was just an invention of mine, and he wrote a part for that invention, <laughs> and he named her Googie Gomez. And Googie, Googie thinks she's good, right? She's, she's very oh, sincere. Oh, Googie is hilarious. That's the best part about her. Googie 
that's what he loved about it when I did stuff for him at a party. Not him, for, for everybody at the party. I was at Jimmy Coco's party. We were doing The Last of the Red Hot Lovers on Broadway, he and I. And uh, he said, Rita, do that crazy Puerto Rican character for Terrence and the other people. And what's wonderful is the hubris, the sheer arrogance of this woman, who, in fact, if you asked her, would say, Barbara Estreisang has stole my act. <laughs> AC, not ACT. <laughs> I right. mean, she's just, she's impossible. And I still, when I'm in the kitchen, I will still do things like her and I'll laugh. <laughs> she's like another whole other me. And I, you should hear her do the Star Spangled Man. Oh, sake, and you see, by the zongs, Eli, was so brightly we I that twilight like glimmering. And I think we all we all know people that are taking themselves a little too seriously, like like this. Oh yes, she lives. She is such a real person to me. She's hilarious. She's just impossibly arrogant. <laughs> Because right. she's always thinking that people have stolen her act. Right, right. And I guess that there, there's a strain of that among, you know, a lot of a lot of people in show business. Hey, can't you take a little joke? My career is no joke. Nobody's career is never no joke. Oh, you're just trying to build you up. Listen, I tell you something, and I mean this. Do you ever hear of instant laryngitis? No producer be out there tonight. That's what I got. Instant laryngitis, and you end up going to do the show alone. Those are my words. They come from the heart. And I am now officially sick. We just have a couple minutes left. I wanted to talk about uh, your your new project. You're uh, you're on uh, television. Um, oh, I'm Nina's doing world. Uh, I'm Nina's doing world. a voice for uh, a uh, children's show called Dina's World for a wonderful production company called Sprout, which is an affiliate of NBC. They're the best people for children's shows because they really think of children as real human beings. So this show is very different from a lot of them. It's, it doesn't uh, have screaming and yelling, no noise, no special effects. It's very authentic, and it takes diversity to a brand new plane because uh, the actors who are voicing, let's say, East Indian characters are indeed East Indian. Uh, it's not Hank Azaria. The actors who are playing a Chinese married couple are Chinese. A little boy who is deaf named Nico is uh, a real little deaf boy who happens to, never having heard a sound in his life, ever, speaks his part. And you, yes, he can, you can understand him. It's a great show. It's very authentic. It's about a little girl and her grandma and her mommy and daddy, her mommy and her papi. And it's sweet and darling, and it's for very young kids, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Seis. You're shaped like the number six because I'm six years old today. Yes. Feliz cumpleaños, Nina. Gracias, abuelita. Whoa. Now I'm a six-year-old shaped like a six. <laughs> Have you seen my yellow hair bows? I'm sorry, Nina. I haven't. Maybe we'll find them after we pick up your piñata at the everything store. My piñata? Can we go right now? I know exactly the one I'm going to get for the best birthday And yet it's charming and fun. It's not hilarious, but it's not meant to be. It's just very real and very sweet and charming. So I thought, okay, I always thought of myself when I did the electric company as someone who was doing a community service. 
and this is my my new project for a community service. Mm. Well, there's a lot of good stuff happening for you. Very deserved. Hope this Unbelievable. Uh, continues. Unbelievable. Oh, yes. my, my feet have not touched the ground yet. <laughs> I hope, hope this continues. Uh, might we have another oh, can Spanish I, album Can I you? mention the Go name ahead. of the album, please? Yes, yes, definitely. It's called Rita Moreno, and the Spanish title is Una Vez Mas. But if you go to Amazon or iTunes, you can just say the Spanish album, read them around the Spanish album. Okay, yeah, it's it's uh, worth a listen, definitely, and we'll uh, look forward to having you in, uh, in Utah. Looking forward to that. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it, too. Thank you so much for your interest. My sincere thanks to the wonderful Rita Moreno for uh, giving us some time and appearing on Access Utah today. Uh, she will uh, be in Logan tonight, 7 o'clock, at the Kane Performance Hall on the USU campus, uh, speaking at the Dean's Convocation for the Kane College of the Arts. Hope you have tickets. The tickets are free, but uh, they are gone, so... Um, good news if you have tickets. If you don't, uh, the album is out. It's called Una Vez Mas. You can get that, and you can tune in to Nina's World. Uh, she plays the voice of Abuelita on the new children's series, Nina's World. Rita Moreno on Access Utah today. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk about water. We'll imagine a day without water. There's a new program uh, wanting us to imagine that to improve water infrastructure. We'll talk with city manager of Blanding. They have a unique situation in uh, southeastern Utah regarding water. I will talk with an artist who does large installations, which uh, helps to focus our attention on water. All that coming tomorrow on the program. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks for listening today. exige, se da, y si tu amor no es el de para siempre, entonces quiero saberlo ya, no te vale nada mi cariño, solo te sirvió para jugar, pero sé que al fin te vas a que regresar en tu alma siempre serás mío aunque te enamores otra vez no podrás borrar esos recuerdos de mis caricias
Next time on Philosophy Talk 2016, The Examined Year. It's our annual look at the philosophical issues behind some of the year's big stories. From baseball to Brexit, 2016 was a year of triumph and defeat. Triumphs and defeats that challenged our assumptions and changed our thinking. Join us as we take a philosophical look at 2016. It's The Examined Year, next time on Philosophy Talk. Join us Tuesday at 4 a.m. on Utah Public Radio. Next time on the Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll highlight guitarists around the world from Latin America, Africa, Australia, and Japan. I'm Dan Storper. And I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join us for World Guitars, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Friday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. This is Terry Guy, Development Officer at Utah Public Radio. UPR is a statewide public radio station serving the citizens of Utah since 1953. Our listeners are educated, socially conscious, and enjoy arts and culture. They are your loyal patrons. If you're looking to make a smart business decision, become a UPR sponsor. For more information, call 435-797-3141. A service of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at Utah State University, this is Utah Public Radio. Heard statewide on KUSR, Logan, KUSK, Vernal, KUSL, Richfield, KUST, Moab, KCEU, Price, and KUSUFM, Logan.